0: on Radio 3, and calling your name. Well, let me invite you to join us on Facebook Live. The Brew is the page. Just about to say hi to our mate Danny Hicks. We're going to be talking about football today. Most definitely local as well, of course, the international stuff. Danny, g'day. How's it going?
1: Yeah, waking up like everyone else to the bombshell news today that Lewis Hamilton is to leave Mercedes yeah. and go to Ferrari. Yeah, yeah this is this is seismic news in the world of formula one isn't it i mean it's uh not gonna happen this season he's gonna have a farewell tour with mercedes this season um but they've not been at the races the last two three years really since he was denied an eighth world title by um the race director not following the rules of that abu dhabi grand prix three years ago max verstappen won his first world title and has and has dominated since, has now got three world titles. So, um, you know, Lewis Hamilton, he'll be 40 by the time he joins I Ferrari see. next season. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's got an eye on history. And, and why not? I mean, he's probably, I think it's probably every Formula One drivers or every every young petrolhead's ambition growing up to drive one day for the for the red of Ferrari, the, the three prancing horses in yeah, front of yeah. the two the Maranello circuit there. I mean, it, it is legendary, isn't it? And um, he's eyeing history. He's, he's already won seven world titles as, uh, and tied at the top with Michael Schumacher, of course, denied an eighth, as we said. He'll be looking it's for still... an eighth. He'll be the... <laughs> he's won more Grand Prix than anyone else in history. He's had more Grand Prix pole positions. He's won 82 of his 103 race wins with Mercedes since he joined them in 2012. And People said then that he was making a mistake leaving a winning team in McLaren and uh, going to what was then a midfield team in Mercedes, but he saw the potential of it. Yeah, He won six world titles, four in a row recently, uh, his most recent ones with Mercedes. And um, he obviously sees the chance to do something with Ferrari, who've been the second best over the last few years. Uh, undoubtedly have got a good engine, a good power unit, and that's going to be important when the, Regulations change in 2026. And mm. Hamilton, you know, with one eye on history and legacy and all that, he would be the first man to win world titles with three different teams if he could bring the world title home to Ferrari. And Ferrari's team principal is now Fred Vasseur, who was one of Lewis's mentors when he was young and is a good friend and has been with him throughout his career since, you know, go-karts and so on. So it's kind of a match made in heaven and um you know what a what a way to end his career if he could bring back a world championship to Ferrari, who let's not forget, have not won the world title since two thousand eight, Kimi Raikkonen. So it's a long wait, uh, for Ferrari to win a world title. They feel obviously with uh with Lewis Hamilton alongside Charles Leclerc, they have got a great chance of doing it. Carlos Sainz will be the full guy, it will be his last He's tweeted overnight that, you know, he can confirm it's his last season with Ferrari. And of course there'll be a seat up for grabs alongside George Russell at Mercedes and the questions and the, the speculation will start as to who's going to fill that. Will it be Carlos Sainz? Will it be a straight swap? I'm not so sure. I think Alex Albon is in pole position for that. The the Thai British driver who has uh, had a fantastic season with Williams last, last year, really single-handedly dragged them up to seventh in the championship. Yeah. And, uh, everyone sees as uh, as really quick and really exciting and maybe he's the man for mercedes but you know throw a few other names in the equation there you've got uh, Fernando Alonso of course who's even older than Lewis Hamilton <laughs> who could could fancy it Daniel Ricardo's just come back to form you on Esteban Ocon the, uh, the Frenchman, who's really exciting young driver. So, you know, or could it be someone, could, could Mercedes go, you know, almost left field and pick one of their young drivers from their academy, accelerate them, one of their test drivers, one of those guys we saw at the Macau Grand Prix, you know, uh, who are in the Mercedes academy.
0: I ask you a question. So, George Russell isn't the shoe in then?
1: No, George Russell will be there, but alongside George Russell in Lewis Hamilton's seat, who's going to join him? Hmm. You know, will it be Alex Albon? Will it be
0: someone else well i mean is there a notion of going up the ranks or something you know i know he's a teammate but is there anything Mm. anything technical that helps him out
1: well george russell will be the i suppose will be the number one they they say they don't have you know number one number two drivers but george russell will undoubtedly having been there two three seasons now will be the number one driver and um he came through that williams route that and they might just fancy you know, George has been a success since he's, I think, uh, since he's moved to Mercedes and has got more to prove. And, uh, maybe with him and Alex Albon, two exciting young drivers, that's the way forward for Mercedes. We'll see how it plays out. It, uh, adds some intrigue. Uh, we're, we're only a month away from the first race of the season, um, in Bahrain. So, uh, it, it adds some intrigue to the paddock already. And, um, uh, you know, there's going to be a bit of a driver merry-go-round as a result because mm. if someone moves, if Albon moves from Williams, that then opens up a seat there. And a couple of the drivers who secured long-term contracts at the end of last season, like Lando Norris and McLaren, might be thinking, "Hmm, maybe I jumped too soon," and because uh, <sighs> now they're locked in when there's a when there's a prime seat up for grabs at Mercedes. So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out, but. Uh, Fascinating news and um really quite unexpected because every time Lewis Hamilton last season was talked about, have you spoken to Ferrari? There were rumors swirling all around the paddock last season and he was played it with a straight bat and said I hadn't spoken to them and no no nobody thought the rumors were true. So it for it to sort of be kept secret all this time and then suddenly revealed last night is um is quite something, but it has been confirmed by Ferrari and uh you know it's uh, it's it's going to add a bit of intrigue to what could be a boring formula 1 season if red bull run away with it again but
0: i got a little message from richard here who often gets in touch on these things and he yeah. says pipe dream mercedes has a better chance of competing with red bull than ferrari will be in a year from now
1: well obviously hamilton lewis has weighed it up and um you know for uh, mercedes have not shown that they can close the gap over the last two or three seasons where mm. Whereas, uh, obviously, the potential... It, there's an interesting thing with the engine. Ferrari have their own engine and power unit, which is undoubtedly one of the most powerful on the grid, and that's going to be important when these aerodynamic changes and car changes come in 2026. And interestingly, at that time, Red Bull are going to switch to their own power unit in conjunction with Ford. At the moment, they run a Renault power unit. Mm. And that maybe be where Hamilton's weighed it up and thought maybe Ferrari have got the potential ahead of the Mercedes power unit to do something in 2026. So a year to bed in next season, see what you can do and develop the car for that, for those new regulations. That would be my way of him looking at it. Um, when we get to Bahrain and when we get to testing in Barcelona and Bahrain, no doubt he's, you know, the f- the first question in any press conference is going to be about all these things. So we, we wait to hear more from Hamilton from Mercedes, from Ferrari. Et al. But, uh, like yes. I say, add some, add some, uh, intrigue to, to ahead of the season starting in a month's time. Um, meanwhile, more breaking news, cricket, um, going on behind me. If you're watching on Facebook live in England playing India in the second test, first session and, um, you know, I'm not sure, 70 for one in here, but England picked, uh, their 18 year old spinner, Shoei Bashir. And he's got a wicket, and he's got a prize one as well. The Indian captain, Rohit Sharma, in his first match, uncapped, on his debut, um, couldn't even join the squad for the first test because he had visa issues. He's got Pakistani heritage. He had to go back to the UK to get the visa sorted out. Only joined up the squad this week. Straight into the team because of an injury to Jack Leach. And he's taken... Royat Sharma's wicket. A uh, little tickle <laughs> down called, the leg side. <laughs> um, bows, yeah, a little fairy... You know, can there be any more fairy tales for this England team after they won the first test by 28 runs, coming from 190 runs down? Um, you know, another almost ridiculous victory for Ben Stokes and and Brendan McCullum, the, the, the team in charge, and... Um, You know, it's quite a story this show, Bashir, because apparently he was spotted by Ben Stokes on social media. There was a clip on Twitter of him bowling to the former England captain, Alistair Cook. Ben Stokes looked, liked what he saw, alerted the England authorities and scouts to go and have a look at him. And here he is making his debut and fulfilling that... uh, that promise, for, that sort of that instinct of Ben Stokes once again by taking a wicket on the first morning of his first test. And uh, Stokes was talking about this before the game and he said, you know, he might have had all this ups and downs and back to England and couldn't get in the country and not really trained with the squad, but he's ready. No, there's no worries or no issues for me. The fact that he's been away from the group for for a period of time and then coming back in and, and making his debut. Um, yeah, just picks the ball up and... Um, it's not like he's forgotten how to bowl after a week of being home. So, um, yeah, no, no, no conversations like that. So, uh, India in on the toss and uh, chose the bat. It's a, it looks like a belting wicket, actually. It's a certainly a bat first wicket and uh, there's 71 for one now with about 20 minutes to go till lunch on the first day. So, um, uh, I might just give you a little score update before we finish today, but uh, it's not only cricket and Formula One um rugby union six Nations championship begins today and it's always an intriguing one after a Rugby World Cup because um you know this is the time where teams bring in new blood they look they, rugby very much international level looks at a four year cycle now they they start to rebuild looking towards the next World Cup having just had the World Cup in France of course uh won again by South Africa and um The Six Nations begins, and there's a few old faces gone and a few new faces coming in. And uh, it's going to start with a bang tonight Mm. in France, back uh, at the scene of the World Cup. Um, Not at the Stade de France, because it's being prepared for the Olympics, which are later on this year in Paris. But down in Marseille, Ireland, the Grand Slam champions, will take on France, who were the previous year's Grand Slam champions, in in a real battle of the titans to start it off. Down in the Stade Marseille, down there. And um, you know it's been a it's been an unforgettable couple of years for for both both teams really. Apart from when they got to the World Cup, when they they again got turned over respectively by New Zealand and South Africa in very very tight games. But uh, you know Ireland will be new look. They're, they've got a they got a new captain Johnny Sexton retired after the World Cup, and France surprisingly without their captain Anton Dupois. Dupont, because he decided after the World Cup that he's going to go off and play sevens. So we'll see him in Hong Kong Ooh, yeah. later this year, because of course there are Olympic medals up for grabs in sevens, and he fancies an Olympic gold in front of his own Fair crowd plan. in Paris later this year. But that caused a certain amount of consternation amongst the the Fifteens fraternity, shall we say, in the fraternity, shall we say, in France, who were not best pleased with their captain um, going off to play that that that's Renegade. shameful sevens <laughs> yeah yeah, that's shameful code uh, but anyway you know the new island captain um, Peter Ma- O'Mahani has been talking about uh, the prospect of facing France which is an absolute uh, brilliant clash to start off the Six Nations and he said even though it's not in the Stade de France it's down in Marseille it's going to be a special occasion
0: it's the first one up for us um, first one up for them it's you know, in this competition every game is colossal and and that's an understatement. And um, you know, make for what you want, but you know, both of us are out there tomorrow to win win the game and, and set us up for a for for a bit of momentum for the rest of the campaign. Um, you know, as I said, a huge, huge occasion for both of us.
1: Yeah, so uh just running you. you know, last couple of years, I mean there have been two Titanic clashes between sides last year in uh, a, a classic in Dublin. It was 32-19, only really decided by a late Gary Ringrose try in favour of Ireland. And, um, you know, the year before was 30-24 to, to France in in Paris. Uh, and both teams on those games, as I said, went on to win the Grand Slam. So we could be looking at the Grand Slam winner tonight. Four o'clock in the morning our time, if you want to yeah, get yeah. up early and uh, watch that. And it will be one of the matches of the championship. But uh, tomorrow, it continues with uh, Italy against England. That'll be a, a Better ten fifteen PM time, our time. If you want to watch, and then Wales against Scotland, which is a quarter to one in the morning. And um, you know a few new faces in in all those. Fraser Dingwall make his debut for England at inside centre, and a, a New Zealand board flanker, Ethan Roots, uh, will be in the back row and for Wales. Uh, Cameron Winnett will come in for a debut at fullback, uh, uh, and um Dafydd Jenkins is captain in Wales at twenty one years old and sixty days. Is their second. Youngest captain in in in, uh, in history, so obviously Wales looking to to build as I say over that four year cycle, and uh, Scotland will have a on. well a fullback making his first start anyway for Scotland. It won't be his first cap, yeah, be his first start. Kyle Rose, so lots of new faces to look out for. Um, a few old faces not there. Owen Farrell, of course, not not available for England. He's taking a break for. Mental health reasons. So Jamie George, the hooker, will captain in his absence. As I say, Johnny Sexton, who seems to have been around forever for Ireland, he is no longer part of the scene, having retired. So uh, be a really interesting Six Nations, I think. And it all kicks off tonight, as I say, with France against Ireland. But uh, coming finally to football, and um, we got some big names in football going to be in Hong Kong this weekend. No less than uh, Inter Miami and Lionel Messi, who. Should be landing at the airport about now, but I think their plane's been delayed by about an hour. But uh, I'll be catching up hopefully with them at a press conference later on today. They've got open training at the stadium tomorrow. Uh, I understand shirts have been messy shirts and into Miami shirts have been flying off the shelves. You bet. Shops all over Hong Kong and uh, no doubt a few hooky ones as well you down bet. some <laughs> of the markets. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, Police have come out with their usual uh, statement of the obvious warnings about don't 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 crowd narrow streets, trying to get a glimpse of him, and don't turn. I think up. to be
0: fair, it's going to be heaving in those areas, and I think also to yeah. be fair, most people know that
1: around the stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I say statement of the bleeding obvious sometimes. But uh, anyway, he'll he'll be here, but whether he'll play or not. I'm not so sure because it's got a messy hamstring. Uh, they've been on they have been on pre- yeah, they've been on pre-season tour of uh the, well they started their pre-season tour playing a friendly against uh, El Salvador which they drew and then uh they've played two games in Saudi Arabia this week, uh, lost 4-3 to uh, Al Hilal, the Saudi Arabian champions and then they playing uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's Al Nasser last night in Riyadh in in a game that was billed as the last dance, you know, Ronaldo against Messi. Well, Ronaldo's injured and didn't play, and Messi has got a hamstring problem, only came on for the last six minutes. So, and uh, Messi's into Miami, lost 6-0. So, um, (laughs) they've not had a great preseason so far. Maybe it'll pick up in Hong Kong, but... I do hope that he hasn't aggravated the hamstring and he is fit enough.
0: For Those that. injuries don't go away, to the do they? Of
1: him that's a big no, one. No, but you know, it's, it's a bit worrying that he only came on for six minutes when they're already six 0 down and the game's lost. That's just like, that's just, just go on the pitch and walk around for a bit, just so the fans can see you. And obviously we didn't want to see that. We want to see Messi in his pomp. You know, he's just. He's just won his eighth Ballon d'Or. He led Argentina to a World Cup just over a year ago. He's won everything in football. Well, let's see. Obviously, he's at the tail end of his career, but we we want to see him. And along with and into Miami, we've got some other you know stars of uh, who are let's say in the twilight of their career. Luis Suarez, uh, uh, Busquets, uh, Alba, and so on, former Barcelona stars. And um, they're obviously not pulling up stumps at the moment. If they're losing six nil to to Saudi Arabian teams, and maybe it just highlights that. For all the um stars going to Major League Soccer and all the rest of it, maybe, you know, something like the Saudi League is is a has got a bit more about it than Major League Soccer at the moment. Seems to be a bit of a golfing class there, but we'll see. We'll look at them ourselves over the weekend and, and fingers crossed that you know they can wrap Messi in Cotton Wall and he can play a, a decent part in the match on Sunday, which starts at the Hong Kong Stadium against the Hong Kong Select Eleven yep. at four o'clock. Um Meanwhile, in between, there'll be an open training session tomorrow, which people can buy tickets for, which I expect will be packed, and there'll be a bit of Messi mania down at the stadium. They'll be training from 5:30, and then there'll be a bit of a cli- kids clinic, and so on. But uh, like I say, I'll be going to a press conference later on today and uh, find in. out a bit more. Yeah, fill out, find out a bit more about the extent of uh, Messi's injury. But hopefully, um, it's not going to turn into a bit of a damp squib, and he's just waving from the touchline, and we actually we get him on the see. pitch. But right. We shall see, but anyway, I don't want to put the mockers on it. Um, Asian Cup going on in football at the moment, and the quarterfinals start today. And there's going to be an absolute belter to kick us off. We got Australia against South Korea at 11:30. Yep, tonight. Um, South Korea didn't win their group, which means they've ended up with this tricky draw now. Where they've they've got, and neither did Japan. They could have played Japan in the last round, but they end up playing Australia. And uh, they've also got the problem that they got a really quick turnaround um, because they only played on Tuesday night. They played extra time penalties, uh, got past Saudi Arabia by the skin of their teeth, really. And the career coach, Jürgen Klinsmann, the old German legend, admits it's been a tough ask for his players this week.
0: Yeah, that's the reason why I badly wanted to win our group, to have more recovery days. Some people said I was happy to not win the group so to face Japan. But I said I want to win the group and face whoever because of recovery days. It is now that schedule, so we pay that price. <laughs> but I think this, this win gives the, the team an enormous amount of energy. It gives the team even more spirit. This is a group of players that I personally, as a, as a coach, enjoy so much working with because they badly want to do well for their country.
1: Yeah, so that's a belter. I and there's another heavyweight clash tomorrow night. The, the, the other quarterfinal tonight is um, Tajikistan against Jordan. Tajikistan in their first Asian Cup. Uh, got all the way to the quarterfinals. and could end up in the semifinals. I mean, because of the way the draws worked out, that would be an amazing story. Little landlocked country there in Central Asia. Yeah. And then tomorrow we've got another belter, Iran and Japan. I mean, seven times winners between them. Two of Asia's... Uh, the, well, the two top-ranked teams in Asian football, to be honest. And uh, Japan, many people's ideas of, of favourites for the tournament have got through 3-1 uh, against Bahrain earlier in the week. They play Iran. That's a more uh, useful time for 7.30 tomorrow night, if you want to watch that. Yeah. It's on, on terrestrial TV Still, in Hong no. Kong. And um Qatar against Uzbekistan rounds off the last eight. So uh, getting down to the, the final next Saturday, of course, and semi-finals in the midweek. Um Premier League's had a busy week this week, but not really on the, tra- the... transfer window shut last night. Really, not a lot happened, to be honest. Uh, so I won't go into that too much. We're a bit tight for time. Uh, but it's been a busy week with a full set of fixtures. And at the end of it, Liverpool, just after we come off air last week, it was revealed, another bombshell in sport, that Jurgen Klopp is to leave Liverpool at the end of the season. The manager and really has had Liverpool fans crying into their into their tea last, last Friday afternoon. But... Uh, he's he's looking to go out of style. And they're five points clear at the top of the of the league after beating Chelsea 4-1 in midweek. And uh, Man City are five points behind in second, although they have a game in hand. And, um, you know, Tottenham have gone up to fourth and Arsenal are third. And it, it's all very tight up there at the moment. Uh, and Man United last night went seventh after a real roller coaster 4-3 win at Wolves, secured by a 97th-minute winner by their young... Kobi Mainu, after Neto had scored for Wolves two minutes earlier, thinking he secured a share of the points for the home side, but uh, manager, Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag, after a drawn breath at the end of that one, said it was a really important win.
0: Oh, it's, it's massive uh, for us. Uh, the win.
1: And, oh, it's massive.
0: Uh, but yeah, this this match had a lot of sides. Yeah, let's take first the positives. I think we played very good, and we dictated the game for an hour. And We should have uh, go up with 3-0 or 4-0, but we didn't. And then in the end it's yeah, quite naive. Yeah, the way how we conceded goals uh, shouldn't happen, but then uh, we showed resilience, and yeah, especially copymino um has a great goal.
1: And yeah, so Jurgen Klopp's farewell tour with Liverpool will continue at Arsenal on Sunday in the game of the weekend. Mm. Uh, Liverpool against Arsenal, first against third. And really, you know, Arsenal probably, if they lose that, could probably kiss goodbye to any chance of the title this season. Cause they would leave them what about eight points behind Liverpool, but should they win, it's going to really tighten it up at the top and give everybody in that top five or six uh, a sniff. So, uh, uh, you know, after battering Chelsea 4-1 on Tuesday, I talked about, um, and having to have a depleted squad play seven games in January, um, Jurgen Klopp said after that game on Tuesday that he's he's not sure he'll be fit, but he's got such a great squad of kids like Conor Bradley that uh, he's confident they can handle it. know well, the next game is coming in four days. I have no idea who can play against you because they look quite knuckered when I, when I had a look in the dressing room. Little back here, maca on the knee and, and knee on knee and stuff like this. So nothing major, at least nobody told me that yet. Um, so it's all fine. We need them all. And it's not a phrase. It's exactly how it is. I must say, his English has improved in his eight That's years. Like, didn't he? I don't think eight years ago he'd been using the word knackered. Uh, too often, but uh, anyway, just pick out a couple of the highlights for the weekend. Yeah, kicks off tomorrow with Everton against Tottenham. Everton that de- back down in the bottom three after that ten-point deduction, and Luton flying there away to Newcastle, uh, th- the three o'clock game. Man United play West Ham on Sunday. Arsenal v Liverpool is the highlight. Man City don't play till Monday, and they're at Brentford. But that's your sport for this weekend, and there's a lot of it, and I'm going to really enjoy it.
0: Well done, Danny. Always brilliant you having you on for sports and all. We'll be doing it. 95
1: more. for two, by the way. 95 for two, two for 22. Take care, mate. wicket. Just, just gone.
0: gone. <laughs>